0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Episode 9 of the Gridiron Giants Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Anthony Novello. Novello, nothing better than recapping a nice Giants win over a division rival. 13-7 Giants victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Pulled it out at the end, held on in that sense. But, uh, yeah, let's get right into this recap. Definitely excited to do this one.
1: Yeah, just like you said, man, I'm so excited to do this one. finally, it's about time we get a good week to do the recap. Um, I love the way that the Giants played this weekend. I thought we played amazing on defense, and I can't wait to get into it.
0: Yeah, we're going to split our recap basically into two things. And it's going to basically, in a sense, be good and bad because we're going to talk the defense and we're going to talk the offense. I mean, the defense absolutely carried the Giants this game. Patrick Graham is, if you ask me, one of the top defensive coordinators in the National Football League. He had a couple head coaching interviews over the offseason, I don't necessarily think like he was seen as like a true candidate, but maybe people just wanted to see some of his ideas and stuff like that. But I really think again, this coming off season, the giants might have a problem retaining Patrick Graham potentially because the job that he's able to do to adjust to different styles and stuff like that from week to week, he's able to implement the game plan that really has people flustered. I've mentioned on the podcast, I would have loved to see the giants play a lot of man coverage this week and just make throws difficult for Jalen hurts. And that's exactly what they did. They kind of, really took Devonta Smith out of the game with James Bradbury, let other people beat them. I mean, Goddard, too, only had one catch in this game. Those are your two best playmakers of your Philadelphia. Let guys like Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins beat you, which they were unable to do. And, uh, yeah, just, like, my overall initial reaction from, like, Patrick Graham, it's just, like, it was a mastermind performance on him, like, once again.
1: Yeah, first to start off with Patrick Graham, I just, I love the way, just like you said, like, he comes every week with something new to stop offenses in the NFL like I love that he he will cater to the offense that he's playing to stop what they do best and I love that he does that and just like you said playing man coverage against uh, Jalen Hurts trying to make him throw those contested balls some of these corners had a really good game and James Bradbury he went two. he had four targets two of them were completed Aaron Robinson had five targets on him and one was completed that's awesome 20 percent and although you could say some of those are dropped I still think he came in and played well Darnay Holmes played pretty well with an interception, and Adoree Jackson went. He had two targets on him and zero completion, so I thought he was locked down. Unfortunately, he he uh, ended up getting hurt, but just like you said, these guys, they balled out. and I'm, I'm really happy that we were able to kind of – it's kind of showing that we were able to improve our secondary in the offseason with Adoree Jackson, Aaron Robinson, and Darnay Holmes finally coming out to play, and I was super happy to see that.
0: Yeah, still no Logan Ryan in this one from uh, still recovering from COVID. He should then be back, I'm assuming, this week against the Miami yeah. Dolphins. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it, all sides are pointing to it. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the defensive backs and their performances. Only holding Jalen Hurts to 129 yards in the air. Three total interceptions. No defensive back this week. Allowed more than 34 yards in coverage, which, again, is unbelievable. Wow. I'll start first. Like, James Bradbury, I mean, again, we, they brought him in. It'll probably be Gettleman's best move. If you ask me throughout his tenure with the Giants, definitely his best free agent signing. At least that's coming right to memory. I mean, but I mean, yeah, James Padbury, he's a he's a Pro Bowl level corner now where he really was never that in Carolina. He was maybe a little inconsistent there, never really blossomed, but definitely with Patrick Graham, he's done a great job there. Adoree Jackson, too, has had a phenomenal season. Another looks like to be a real good signing from this past offseason. But yeah, the younger guys also stepped up this week. You mentioned Darnay Holmes. He had a big interception on that third down play. He did, unfortunately, get hurt on that play. Probably going to be out this week and maybe possibly even more. I mean, Jordan Mulata like, tackles him or whatever. The guy's, like, a former rugby player. He's, like, 6'8", 350. I mean, poor Darnay Holmes, man. Just not used to that. But, um, yeah, a guy who maybe I'm not personally as big of a fan of playing on the outside. But, listen, you play him on the inside, he's going to – He's, he he can he can play on the inside if you ask me in the national football he's good enough but I, the guy who I absolutely love is Aaron Robinson and yeah I agree with you I thought at the end maybe people were like overreacting too much about like Jalen Rager, like straight drop it's a, it's not like Aaron Robinson wasn't there in cover. you know what I mean Aaron Robinson seemed to be constantly like right there maybe he just needs to work on his positioning a little more but I mean I th- I think the Giants have something like Found something pretty good with Aaron Robinson. I, I was very impressed with his performance. I mean, you kind of thrusted him into a lot bigger of a role than he's seen this year when Jackson goes down and no Logan Ryan already, and as well as Darnay Holmes. So, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, the secondary definitely gets an A plus performance for this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, the play before the last play for the Eagles, you know, people are gonna say Jalen Rager dropped that deep ball like on the, on the sideline, but like at the same time, Aaron Robinson like made contact like. Mm-hmm. Wrapped his arms around him as the ball was touching Jalen Rager's helmet and hands. Like, he was able to make that play. And something I loved about our defense, really, was that we were able to bend and, like, not break at all. Like, we they would get into the red zone. Darnay Holmes would get an inter- Well, close to the red zone. And then Darnay Holmes would get the interception. Then right before half, Tate Crowder comes away with that interception. I believe it was on fourth down, too. And just the way we were able to get four turnovers, hold them on fourth down twice... And, like, I was, I just loved to see that out of a defense who was, like, in the beginning of the year we were saying, uh-oh, like, can Patrick Graham get better throughout the year? And, honestly, he's been able to do that. One thing I wish we were able to do a little bit better, we only had one sack on the day. I don't know who got it, but, yeah, we only had one sack on the day. But um, I, I hope that we can get this pass rush going because the way the secondary's playing, like, if we can get some good pass rush in there, that'll cause coverage sacks and everything, like, I think our defense is almost playing to its full capabilities. And I think Logan Ryan coming back also, just like you said, it's going to be a huge uh, addition. Hopefully we can finally complete it and get a full game out of them.
0: Yeah. I hope so. And I mean, we haven't even really mentioned the star of the secondary, if you ask me and Xavier McKinney, I mean, I'm saying right now that Dave That's Gettleman's best right? move might be James Bradbury at and like bringing him in as a free agent. It might be also drafting Xavier McKinney in the second round. You know what I mean? Like, it, McKinney's an absolute star, if you ask me. Another interception this week, just reading Jalen Hurts' eyes. Even on that last drive, too, he broke on the ball so well on that dig route. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it was, like, the third down. I think it was right before the last play of the game. It was definitely on the last drive or something like that. But, yeah, you mentioned the Giants defense, like, bending and not breaking yet yeah, a, a bunch of turnovers down in their own end after long drives that you love to see. That Jalen Hurts play, it was – I remember it was on third down because I, I'm i like, what are you – like, why are you throwing the ball? Like, it was good coverage. Hey, I don't get me wrong. Great play to intercept it. Keep them off the score by the half. Jalen Hurts, what are you doing, man, before yeah. halftime? You have to get points there. Like, why are you throwing – there's, like, eight seconds – like, I don't know that, that – I was dumbfounded that that ball was even let go of. um one bad thing, I guess I'll say a little bit for the defense if I had to was the one drive it was like maybe in the third quarter it was they got an interception then the Giants offense were throwing out, and then they kind of just got absolutely marched it was the only it was really the only time that Philadelphia – like really had any momentum on offense. They had a nice touchdown drive and they weren't really able to stop anybody in the run game. The Giants, the Giants kind of did get run all over a little bit in this game. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, that's what they want to do offensively. But at the same time, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll live with it, I guess, if you're going to play that good. Uh, if you're going to make them that one dimensional, which they kind of were this past week. I mean, obviously you have a couple like Blake Martinez is probably one of the Main defenders in our run game that we've missed really all year and stuff like that, but it's definitely been something. If you ask me, that they can definitely work on. And now that the has become such a strength of this defense, it's going to be something that even more teams are going to try to exploit to beat us.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point because you know what? Like when teams, specifically with the Eagles, I know I was actually listening to the announcers while during the game and they were saying that the Eagles just play so much better offensively when they just stick to the run. And it kind of looked like on that one drive that you were talking about where they were just. Pounding, running, 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 like that was a little demoralizing to see as our defense because I know we we, we play those those big boys up there a lot of money especially Leonard Williams and you know Dexter Lawrence is he is a run stopping defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence he is a behemoth of a man that those guys have to step up a little bit I know this Eagles team is pretty good somehow I, I did see that Jason Kelsey came back in the game after getting some sort of terrible knee injury or something that guy is tough as nails but like. Again, like, you're right, it is a little discouraging to see that the Eagles were able to kind of run all over us, but eventually we came away with the turnovers in the end, and that that came through for us, but I don't think we should be able to, like, say that, like, our D-line and our linebackers played well against the run, like, that's not something that should be said this week at all, like, we definitely need to improve upon that area, and yeah, Dexter Lawrence, speaking of him, like, that play at the end of the game where the fumble was recovered by Julian Love, that play was unbelievable came at the perfect time was able to end up um giving daniel jones and the offense the opportunity to take away all three of those timeouts for the eagles it was an unbelievable play and it came at a perfect time
0: yeah i mean dexter lawrence sexy dexy you're right i mean there's 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 no there's not. It was a perfect play at the perfect time. Julian Love's there to recover that fumble. And what just infuriates me is that should have been the last play that the defense had to play that day. That should have been it. They shouldn't have had to go out there again because now we're going to go bring it over to the offense. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy you brought that. But the defense, A-plus in my book, no doubt about it. It was probably – I know the Panthers game – like the Panthers are kind of a mess in offense. The Panthers game was good. This is right up there with one of their best performances on the year. I was just – I was I was really impressed with that. I, I I know I knew the Giants' defense could do it, and I'm um, I'm really excited to finally see how it's like. It's all coming together. But back to the offense, man. That that three and out that they went on late in the fourth quarter, right after Dexter Lawrence gets that fumble, is just kind of it just like summarized what the Giants like. They just couldn't capitalize on anything this game. I mean, they scored. I don't even think they scored off a turnover in this game. Yeah, they did not score a touchdown off a turnover. The three drives mm-hmm. off. Well, the last they had four. They, four turnovers this game one of them was right before the hat right so they didn't have that drive after that the other three drives you had a missed field goal and then that the other two are both three and outs that just can't happen I don't care if Jason Garrett's calling plays I don't care now that Freddie Kitchens is calling plays that just is unacceptable in the National Football League to get four turnovers in a game and have zero points off those turnovers can't happen you have to capitalize
1: yeah I mean it kind of reminded me of the the Browns and the Ravens game you know having all these turnovers and then like Offenses like not being able to capitalize. One thing that I was really happy to see was that Kenny Galloway, our all star free agent wide receiver that we paid a lot of money in the offseason, just like we said, was leading in targets this week. He had seven targets, one more than Evan Ingram, who led, who was uh, the second most. But um, something that, like, it's we, we've just been talking about it over and over and over again. Like, we paid this guy so much money, get him the football. And one thing that I love to see. Was I, I, although it was incomplete, we did throw him an end zone fade. And I was just like, let, like, it was, it was relieving to see. Although he didn't make the play, like, it was just relieving to see that we are trying to get this guy the ball. Now, obviously, if he only had one chance with that fade ball, you know, I don't think he's got one all season before that. But, like, just to see that we are making an effort to get him the football. And even Evan Ingram with six, six targets, I'm okay with that too. I like Evan Ingram getting the ball. I think he can be um, a good producer for us. And hopefully they can they can really get going against this uh, good Miami Dolphins um, defense. I know we're going to get into that later, but
0: yeah. Yeah, they're definitely going to need to. And I like what you were saying about Kenny Gotti getting that end zone target. I mean, Daniel, honestly, not a good fade ball at all that Daniel Jones threw. Yeah. I mean, he threw it to, like, his front shoulder. Like, like, put the ball on his back shoulder. Could have been the back the shoulder, yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, honestly, like. Now, that kind of pisses me off a little bit there, too. That should have definitely been a touchdown right there. If, we're, we a decent, if we have a decent – if we have a decent – Kenny got a great position on the guy. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, I thought maybe, like – I kind of said that last week that, like, people might get a little too excited right now with Freddie Kitchens. And maybe the hopes are a little too up. But I feel – like, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't expecting much out of Freddie Kitchens. I feel like I was still a little disappointed with the offense. I guess, yeah, like it, – it, like, If you would have told me, like, if I would have watched that game and lived under a rock the week before, right? So I I didn't know Jason Garrett was fired. Like, I would have been like, eh, maybe. Like, he's a little different. But, but like, I I don't know. It just didn't. Yeah, yeah, he got got a little bit more involved, but I don't know. I, I know you can't change a complete ton over the week. I get he incorporated some cool things that I like. I like the flea flicker tight end screen that he threw to Evan Ingram. I don't know if you remember the exact play. Yeah. But, uh, I thought it was just like an interesting design and stuff like that. And like that, like that's a creative way to get your playmaker the ball. I think that's an awesome play. But like, I'd love a little more now. now I know I know now I'm getting great. I feel like every week now I'm asking for somebody else. But like Saquon Barkley, like I know the Eagles run defense is good, but like it, it bothered me a little bit how Saquon, like Saquon Barkley, was just never able to get going. Like it, it'll always bother me that a guy that talented just is never like able to completely like, kind of take over a game when he's not able to. So that's something that I hope maybe that they can play with a little bit this week. Maybe get him – just get him the ball in space a little bit. I, I, it's your job, Freddie Kitchens. Hopefully you can figure something out and design something out. But, yeah, really, really weren't able to run the ball on the ground at all. And like I said, it's not like you were scheming up anything like, like swings for him or angle routes that you were getting him the ball in one-on-one matchups and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and I see right here on the uh, on the outline actually you have worried worried about Saquon question mark. And honestly, I'm not worried about the way he's running or his health or anything like that because that one run that he broke away that looked like you know vintage Saquon, like uh, like the Saquon we know and love from his first and second year. But like I think we're being worried about Saquon. I'm more worried about getting the ball to Saquon. Honestly, I believe he had like 13 rushes in this game, which yeah, 13 attempts, 40 yards. You know, you hate to see that because his long was 32 yards, and he had a total of 40 yards. So that means for, for, what, 12 carries he had eight more yards? Like, that's that's disappointing to see. That That's testament to the offensive line and the run game and what's going on up there. That's a whole different story. But um, I was pretty happy to hear this from Freddie Kitchens um, earlier in the week. He said, why would you call something if the player is not comfortable running? And I think that's important because he's got to listen to these guys. Like, Jay, I heard reports of Jason Garrett, like, meeting with the guys throughout the week and then not doing what they were saying or what they were offering and i think it's a good really good way to get like the team morale up these guys are reliable they're professionals they know what they're doing kenny galladay and evan ingram let's get them the football and i was happy to see that we still made the attempt to get kenny galladay more more touches than evan ingram but of course saquon's on that list as well And i know I don't, i'm not sure about the the state of cadaris tony and Sterling Shepard. i think they're both out for this week right pal Shepard's
0: might has a shot of playing Tony it looks like probably not yeah but uh, if you had to if you had to lean one way the Shepard may probably not and then Tony no
1: yeah so let's say like they're both not in like Saquon Kenny Galloway, Evan Ingram and I still need my one shot to John Ross. but like those three guys I, I need I need big touches out of them for sure
0: Understandable, you know, you got to get those playmakers the ball in situations where they can thrive and stuff like that. One thing that I am absolutely begging to please go, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get how certain NFL teams can run an end around and it works. Like the San Francisco <laughs> 49ers, they love to do that little thing. They they bring like Brandon Ayuk in motion. They hand it off to him. Obviously Debo Samuel too. They do it to him. I don't get how we can't do it. When we do it, Darius Slayton <laughs> we lost like 13 yards this week. It's just awful. I, I don't get how a team can't run a certain play, and I don't get why the Giants continue to go back to it. Please just throw it in the trash and just don't come back to it this year. It's a shame that it can't work, but uh, oh well, next time. Uh, one guy who we haven't mentioned yet is the, one of the Giants' newest guys, uh, Chris Myers. Oh, the, the touchdown, man. I mean – I'm third. He, honestly, getting a lot more run than I expected the, these past couple of weeks, but with the injuries to Kaden Smith Call and then as well the as Kyle mafia? Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, uh, the other fullback too. Yeah, that, yep. that, thank you for saying the name so I didn't have to butcher it. But um, yeah. he, so he's been getting a lot more run. He caught a touchdown, man. I mean, barely caught the touchdown. You talk about a guy who was playing with a little bit of fire. That ball slivering right through his hands a little bit. But hey, you he caught a touchdown. The Giants finally scored. I mean – Good for Chris Meyer, command. happy for the guy. And the Giants offense, op- and the only touchdown that they had on the day uh, belongs
1: to him. Yeah, I was really happy to see that because I'm not going to lie. I believe it was the game before, and I saw him out on the field for, like, a play, and I was like, who the heck is number 41? Like, I am I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to, like, the Giants roster and, like, who's on the field and stuff like that. But, like, I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And honestly, I didn't really know his name up until he scored that touchdown, which by the way, like you said, can we just catch it cleanly the first time, right when it's in your in your stomach, rather than letting it get an inch off the floor and somehow slipping a finger under there? But um, yeah, just you know, happy for that guy just to, to make that play. And um, yeah, that's really it, honestly. With this offense, I was I was one thing about Freddie Kitchens that I believe the announcers were saying that was a little bit different than Jason Garrett is that he was kind of able to Use motion a little bit more maybe to maneuver the eyes of some of the defensive players on the Eagles kind of get them looking at the wrong spot or something like that and they were saying with Jason Garrett you didn't really see as much like pre-snap motion or shifting and all that kind of stuff so I was pretty happy to hear something like that that he kind of brings a little a little more um like unexpected like things out of the offense which I'm happy to see
0: yeah, for sure. I and mean, I think that that was one of Jason Garrett's like, biggest flaws, if you asked me that. It just, like, you you didn't get those guys moving and you didn't, like, start confusing a defense like like that. Like, it is so easy to just motion somebody and just try to create some of the confusion. You know what I mean? Like, mo- like motioning a receiver should be such an asset to an offense so that when you don't take advantage of that, it's just so, like, what are you like what are we doing here but uh one thing that i did want to mention about freddie kitchens specifically with his like personnel and the players i mean we mentioned saquon barkley too like you worried about saquon i mean like saquon played 87 percent of snaps i'm not really worried about that at all like you know what i mean that's a great that that's an awesome sign if you ask me but one guy who i thought got a little bit of run this week i like listen i love pharaoh cooper man i always liked him when he was with the Rams. he's a pro bowler there um He's a pro bowl returner. I mean, Farrah Cooper playing sixty percent of my offensive snaps. I really don't feel great about. Maybe it's that like I know obviously they're depleted, but I mean when John Ross is getting eighteen percent of the snaps, Tyreke Cooper's getting sixty. You don't necessarily love that. Now maybe it's just the role Tyreke Cooper plays in the slot a lot more. John Ross not as much. So if we're gonna if we're gonna play like you know what I mean a lot a lot of three wide receivers, like 11 personnel with three wide receivers. I, I would love to see like Kadarius, Tony, and Sterling Shepard get some more run in Freddie Kitchen's offense in the sense where Pharoah Cooper doesn't have to take the load of the snaps. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, listen, Pharoah Cooper, I, I love you though as a kicker. I hope Pharoah Cooper sticks around a little bit um, there. But yeah, hopefully we can get our guys back and we can really throw out the correct personnel and our better personnel is what I should say.
1: Yeah, I just kind of noticed that as well. That's actually... A little crazy that Farrah Cooper, 60%, and John Ross just 18. Like, that is pretty disappointing considering John Ross is, a, is probably the fastest. Yeah, he's up there for, like, one of the fastest players in the NFL. I'm not going to say the fastest because then Tyreek Hill going to, like, challenge me to a race or something. But John Ross, he's definitely up there, and he, we got to get, get into football a little bit. I'm, I was pretty surprised to see that, actually. Thank God you brought that up. That's, uh, I'll be on the lookout for this this week, Hopefully coming up about that but um i see like riley dixon riley dixon please like get some punts down the field this guy he just kind of sometimes he'll shank him. sometimes they'll be like like 35 to 40 yards i see here you have a bad pump I, you know like come on just we need the special teams to pick it up a little bit especially in, in the punting area aspect of the game Because that field position is a huge part of football, and having a good punter is something that um, we might have to look at into the offseason after watching this guy play.
0: Yeah, listen, when your offense isn't playing good, a lot of things like that, maybe you necessarily don't, like, contain too much worry to when everybody's going good. You know what I mean? You kind of, like, neglect them. You're like, eh, whatever. But when your offense offense is, like, when your offense is bad and then – there's a lot. There's a lot of pressure now, on you're pumped to the flip field position. Riley Dixon, I don't. He's just not it, man. Riley at any key moment. If you ask me, he can't put the ball 40 yards down the field. It's just frustrating in that sense. He did it in the Chiefs game too. He did it in this one. I'd, I'd love to know his, long, his longest punt on the year, 63 yards. I must have missed that. I mean, we probably got a good <laughs> bounce on it and stuff like that. But like, it just blows my mind, Riley Dixon. Even when the Giants are punting on like plus territory, like. Right, so they're punting on the Eagles, let's, or the opponent's 45-yard line in the center, right? So Dixon's standing at about the 50. You got to put that ball inside the 10-yard line. Like sometimes we'll put it, like, like we'll just put it right on the 15. The Giants, I would love them to just go look at a new punter. You know what I mean? Riley Dixon, he's been, he's been good for us, but your time's, the your time's coming to an end. If you ask me, I would definitely like that. I mean, compared to what Graham Gano, like Graham Gano's been a great kicker. I know he missed the field goal this week, but it was some 51 yards. But um. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up Riley Dixon. Cause uh, yeah, it just blows my mind, man. Like, I mean, may, maybe it's the Giants. Like, I don't know. I don't think it is. Maybe it's like the Giants special teams coach and stuff like that. That's their philosophy to, so that people don't like outkick their coverage. You know what I mean? Cause it's like some punters will absolutely, but that was the guy who used to. Oh, the guy in green Bay last year had that problem. Uh, he he just outkick his coverage. He kicked the ball seventy yards down the field, but it, it had no hang time and stuff like that. So you'd let up for mm-hmm. a twenty-plus yard return every time, which makes sense. So if that's the way that the Giants are doing it, hand up, I'm wrong, but <laughs> I, I just don't think that's the case. So please, uh, hopefully they can figure that out. But um, yeah, Novello, I think that kind of wraps up like anything from this game specifically. Anybody that we not mentioned that uh you kind of want to show some love to?
1: Uh, honestly, no. I I I'm pretty surprised that we underplayed uh Xavier McKinney so much in the beginning. We're mentioning all these guys and just kind of we just kind of forgot about the guy who has like five interceptions on the year, one of them for a touchdown. But um yeah, I I guess my guy would be uh, Xavier McKinney. If you ask me that. Yeah, good
0: because I love Xavier McKinney getting even more recognition. I think Xavier McKinney can potentially maybe be in the Pro Bowl conversation this year. I think he's definitely been our best defender and it just makes me so excited to see what the future holds for him because
1: uh, Yeah, I believe he's like third in the NFC on the um on the Pro Bowl uh, voting list right now. That's what something I saw I think earlier today.
0: So go vote. Go throw your hashtag on Twitter. I don't know what Xavier McKinney – I know a lot of the teams sometimes guys have, like, abbreviation, but I don't think Xavier McKinney. Unless it's the X-Men. No, it's definitely not. But go vote Xavier McKinney to the Pro Bowl. Get him in there. Uh, show some Giants support. I mean, now that we're talking on the Pro Bowl spectrum, are you working – anybody else on the Giants who really think deserving of a Pro Bowl Not. I mean, James Bradbury, I think – also could definitely be in contention again. I mean, you look at even his last, like, five or six games, they've been unbelievable, really outside of that game against Tampa Bay. But I think James Bradbury definitely should be in the Pro Bowl conversation with Xavier McKinney. Besides that, anybody else you really think? And do you agree with me with Bradbury?
1: Uh, I definitely agree with you on Bradbury, for sure. I think Bradbury and McKinney, for sure, because this secondary is playing out of its mind, I think it's time that they get some recognition themselves. But um, one other guy that I want to bring up, then, when when he plays – he plays like a Pro Bowler, and that's Andrew Thomas. And I, I just, I feel like when he's in, it's just like our offense runs smoother, passes get downfield, Daniel Jones has time, and like it's just, I, I don't want to throw up every time I watch the Giants' offense when Andrew Thomas is out there on the field.
0: Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I definitely would have said he, he hasn't played enough games because he was injured. But if he played the full season, I think Andrew Thomas at least has played at a Pro Bowl level. I can say when he's been yeah. out there. So. Yeah, I would go with him. And I honestly couldn't give you another player from that. I, I mean a Dorian Jackson to a lesser extent. He's played good this year, but I don't think pro like not, not saying not Pro Bowl level. He's been good, but like, you know what I mean? Pro Bowl, different different yeah. step up. So I'll go with that. Um kind of brings us kind of into our like midweek recap, slash our game summary. Novello, in this Philadelphia Eagles game, we mentioned some of the injuries. I don't even think we mentioned the biggest one yet. Daniel Jones early mm-hmm. in the game kind of strains his neck. They officially as of now, have ruled him out, which is definitely a bummer. Mike Glennon will get the start in a game for his first start now as the Giants. I know he came into that game against the Cowboys. But for Daniel Jones, this is his third straight year, missing time. Uh, Not a great sign if you want to be a franchise quarterback, you know what I mean? The biggest ability is availability. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a little little nervous for how this offense is going to run with Glennon. I definitely think that Jones, it's a big loss and the sense that now Jones, like we said that these – like this this stretch run would be so crucial of evaluating him potentially as the Giants' future quarterback, but you can't do that when he's not out there on the field. So uh, definitely a, a bummer.
1: Yeah, it hurts to see DJ go down because he is such a tough quarterback. And, you know, honestly, I, just, I know that it was really that the doctors did not clear him for contact. Well, I, I feel like if, you know, if there weren't doctors or anything, I know Daniel Jones would try to play, but um, I hope he gets that figured out. I hope he can come back to the next week. But yeah, just like you said, Mike Glennon, I hope that Freddie Kitchens can keep things, I don't want to say simple, because simple reminds me of Jason Garrett. So I want to say, like, I want to say efficient with uh, Mike Glennon. that I guess that would be the word. Um, I want to see him make some passes. I want to see him definitely target our playmakers, because it's not like you can't throw the ball up to Kenny Galladay or maybe even Evan Ingram. He put it against the Raiders. He was able to just kind of go up and get it. But, um, I, like, honestly, like, you know, worst resort, Mike Glennon, like, Where's number 19? Where's 88? So, like, I hope that he can run our offense efficiently and um, find our playmakers.
0: It's going to be a tough task against this Miami Dolphins defense. I mean, they're a good unit. I'll get into maybe some of the specifics in a little bit. But, yeah, like you said, get the ball to your playmakers in that sense. Get the ball out quick and uh, try to win a football game. You know what I mean? Last year with the Giants, Colt McCoy – the backup quarterback in, in his first start in Seattle, he went and won a football game for them, kind of kept the Giants season alive in a sense. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know if they're in the exact, like if it matches up perfectly, you know what I mean? As crazy as it is, they were probably more in the hunt last year than they are this year, which, I mean, technically only one game back of the wild card but I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say they're going to go on a playoff run here, but I'm just I'm just stating facts here. There's also six teams in between them at the, this year. But um, aside from Jones, Adoree Jackson also questionable. I would love to see Adoree Jackson back this week. Because with Jalen Waddle in Miami, I mean, Jalen Waddle's is an absolute stud, too. I'm a big fan of him. I think Adoree Jackson would match up a lot better than James Very Bradbury. Well. Not, saying, not saying that James Bradbury yeah. can't, but you see how they played Tyreek Hill a couple weeks ago in Kansas City. That was Adoree Jackson drawing him. So, it looks like, yeah, Adore. Jackson, I mean, Adoree Jackson is the fastest of the two corners. Got around track at USC. So, Adoree Jackson would match up a lot better with Jalen Waddle. So, I, they would probably love to have him out there. I'm curious if he's not how Patrick Graham is going to end up playing this. I'm maybe he just won't play as much men or maybe Aaron Robinson, potentially. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I love that, but I'm definitely curious, but no Holmes, a Dory Jackson, questionable, uh, tough on the secondary. And then, like we said, on the offensive side of things, Shep probably going to be a game time decision where no, t- with no Kadarius Tony, it's looking like. So, uh, just frustrating i guess in a sense that these guys have missed so many games but uh who's ever there
1: has to step up yeah i think as a football fan like that is a matchup that is like you look at these two guys and jalen waddle and Adore jackson like they are both fast and just like i wish we were able to see this matchup like kind of like pan out because i think it'd be like it would be one of my favorite like receiver and corner matchups probably throughout the year i know you got all these like the big dogs, Jalen Ramsey and Devonte Adams and all them, but like that would that's a little bit of an underrated matchup that would have went down. But uh, unfortunate that he's gonna be out. Also, Darnay Holmes, another like little speedy kind of like slot corner, but um, he's also out, which is unfortunate. I hope that Aaron Robinson can kind of get it together. I like you said, I don't think they would try and man up Aaron Robinson on him on Jalen Waddle. I think that he's very fast and. He could probably break some routes off a little bit faster than Aaron Robinson can break. But um, I know Logan Ryan's coming back. So I think what the Giants would probably resort to is going to, like, some sort of, like, there are definitely going to be a lot of disguises this week, I think. And I think that also as a – um, it's also because of Tua and him being a young quarterback. And I think that a lot of disguises and changing things up with the zones and everything, I think Logan Ryan – He's basically a quarterback for our defensive secondary. And, you know, Patrick Graham can definitely figure some stuff out on how to disguise things against uh, Tua and the Dolphins' offense. Yeah, I mean, a young quarterback in Tua,
0: talk about Lowe, Definitely Patrick Graham is going to try to make life hard on him again. Yeah, just try to confuse him and stuff like that. They did a good job this past week of really play, like taking away Jalen Hurts' strengths and kind of making him beat you in a way that he doesn't necessarily want to beat you. I think Tua... Doing that with Tua would also be a great job. One other thing I want to note is I was just looking at the practice Nate Soldier was in the building today, but he did not end up practicing at right tackle. Definitely another situation to monitor. I believe he practiced all week too. But um, listen, I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and completely throw some guy under the bus, but like th- there are a lot of like I'd rather Andrew Tom- I- This is what I'll say with this. Nate, Give Matt Pert maybe a shot at right tackle this week. You know, what, Nate Soldier, you could have a little bit of a rest. I don't think that the Giants offense drastically has a worse outlook if Nate Soldier isn't out there is the (laughs) polite way that I'll say that. But a lot of familiarity, Novello, this week with the Giants and the Miami Dolphins. Brian Flores, the Dolphins head coach, used to be a Patriots assistant. You know all the Giants Patriots assistants that they have – specifically Joe Judge and Patrick Graham. But even Patrick Graham used to be the defensive coordinator. He was the, fir- the first year Brian Flores was in Miami in 2019. Then Joe Judge got the job. Patty Graham came over here. So I even saw something on Twitter. Brian Flores was getting interviewed in a press conference. He was talking about having Patrick Graham, like their families are best friends and stuff like that. They are obviously are really good friends. So, yeah, definitely excited to see the little rivalry there. I think that, um, that they get bragging rights, of course, over that. Um, but – In another sense, Brian Flores will kind of know what Patrick Graham wants to do defensively. But at that same time, uh, Patrick Graham will want will know about Brian Flores. So I'm curious to see that chess match almost kind of pan out this
1: week. I think that's the perfect word to describe that is definitely a chess match, because these guys are all from that Belichick coaching tree. All have won Super Bowls together while on the same team. And I just, just like you said, a chess match, like it, it's not, it's going to be, you know, they're going to make a play and then they're going to adjust and then something else is going to happen. And there's going to be adjustments made because both these coaches, they, they are able to adjust. And I'm, I'm really excited to see the way that they're able to adjust throughout the game. And I know uh, Bill Belichick is definitely going to have his uh, a little, a little side eye for this game because uh, these are all of his coaching prodigies coming out and um, they're going to go up against each other and I really hope the Giants come out on top. Yeah, Bill Belichick.
0: I mean, they don't play till Monday night, so I'm sure I'll have a little bit of an eye, definitely, out to this one, see how his guys do after if his the, team has a nice meeting or a nice little walkthrough at practice. But um, one other thing I want to mention, Deva, before we get into our game plan, the and like our kind of our how we think our the game's going to go, our predictions, of course, but. Jake Fromm was signed by the Giants this week. who was signed to the active roster. I mean, a former QB out of Georgia, fifth-round pick. Really didn't get any love in Buffalo, but he'll be the backup quarterback this week. Obviously, I think he's more of a name at more than anything. But, I mean, Fromm, if you ask me, the guy was unbelievably talented at Georgia in his freshman year, and then it kind of just never came together. I mean, if he would have been able to, like, you look after his freshman year mock draft, the guy was probably mocked the first-round pick. Never really had, like, another dominant season after that kind of struggled a little bit but yeah i think potentially Fromm could play himself into like he prototypes if you ask me as a perfect backup quarterback in the nfl you know i mean he's smart he makes he gets the ball out on time and stuff like that so i think Fromm potentially could maybe be a piece on the giants that maybe i'd love them to kind of keep him around the building in a sense I, i don't know if you can necessarily carry three quarterbacks all year so when jones comes back they might have to put him like on the practice squad or something like that but uh yeah, I'm interested to see. I don't. I don't th- he's not going to be our franchise quarterback, but um, for a Giants that team that they could definitely use a reliable backup. I'm not saying that Glennon isn't that, but um, I mean, I'm sure he's only here for a year or two on his contract. Maybe Fromm could potentially be that guy for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I I actually totally forgot that that the Giants signed this guy, but um, I'm not a big college football fan. I did know his name um while he was still in college because right? it was just kind of like one of those names that you see often you know starting quarterback for georgia you're gonna see that name but um yeah i hope that he can stick around the building be a solid backup for daniel jones in the future hopefully they can build a good relationship and kind of like get some stuff going together and make each other better but um i hope that it, you know if he goes in I'll, i'm gonna i'm definitely keep my eyes on him because that's that's definitely something interesting i know he was pretty good with georgia obviously you know doing the things that he did down there but um I'd be excited to see him play a little bit in case something happens to Mike Lennon or, you know, he starts throwing some interceptions or something, just throw Jake drama in there and just see what he can do. But um, yeah, definitely in, excited about that, that move. I don't know if he's
0: gotten any game action, like in his time. I, maybe. I seen, I've played. seen him
1: in a uniform. So I think yeah, he, he he might've been he, preseason, something like that. So.
0: That week seventeen game at Buffalo, like I'm just thinking, cause he, like when they played the Dolphins, like they were clinched already. They blew out the Dolphins too. Like Josh Allen played that. Maybe he went in in that game. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But uh, hey, if he goes in this week against uh, the Dolphins and Tua, it would be watching those two guys faced off a ton in the SEC, most notably in that college football championship in 2018 where Tua through the game-winning touchdown, but enough, enough of that segue. One last thing that I want to throw in, it seems like the, with, with Fromm getting there, it seems like the Giants, I mean, if you look at who they have from, like, Georgia, like, they're all, like, they were all teammates. They, they, yep. I, don't, I don't know. I know Rob's, uh, the offensive line, coach. blanking on his name now, was from Georgia, but there's definitely a connection there between, like, I mean, Baker, obviously, we drafted a couple years ago, but Crowder, too, Lorenzo Carter, Fromm, now J.R. Reed to a new guy that Easy we have times. there. Andrew Thomas, of course, Isaiah Wilson. So a lot a lot of Georgia guys out there in uh, the Giants. So interested on that connection. And I'm not exactly sure who exactly it is. I'd probably have to look a little bit more into it. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe it goes with Dave Gettleman or maybe it stays if it's not Gettleman. But enough with that, Novello. Let's kind of get into our predictions and what we think that the Giants need to do to win this game. On the defensive side of the things, I think they need to be able to get after Tua low The Miami Dolphins offensive line is not good at all. I mean – I'm not going to say it's as bad as the Giants, but it's pretty close. It's not good. I mean, Rob Hunt is more worried about scoring touchdowns than he's black. It's just a shot at poor Rob Hunt or whatever. But that was awesome a couple weeks ago when he had that uh, touchdown called back. But besides the fact, get after Tua. Their run game isn't good. If you can um, make them one-dimensional, Tua has played very well this past month. I mean, people were calling for his head kind of when the Dolphins were 1-7. and But since then, they've rattled off four straight wins and large in part because of Tua's performance. So I think the Giants, though, can definitely get after him in this game. And uh, I'm not not really too worried about Patrick Graham. I think Patrick Graham will have something dialed up. And I don't see the Miami Dolphins offense like really hurting
1: us this week. Yeah, honestly, I I think it's going to be a low scoring game just for that reason, because I think that Patrick Graham's going to dial up some good stuff. I think that if we were able to if we can rush for Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, I think, Aziz if, if those guys can get extra two and we can disguise coverages on the back end, I don't see why we hold them to maybe a touchdown. But offensively, I just think we just, just like, just like last week, we just need to have Kenny Galladay. I want Kenny Galladay leading in targets for sure. And then I want Evan Ingram up there as well and Saquon. I just want those three guys to get the football. John Ross, get your one shot that I think that you need every single game. And I think we should be all right. I hope so. The Dolphins play, it's got to be up
0: there with some of the most man coverage in the league. I mean, one of the games that's still – I remember that Thursday night game I'm still thinking about because that's when I really get to watch the Dolphins, like really in full, you know what I mean? Not much my Sundays. I'm not really tuning into the Miami Dolphins every week. But, I mean, what they were able to do defensively was really impressive, how they were able to get a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson. Now they're going to play Mike Glennon obviously a lot differently, but they're going to play a lot of man, and they're going to get in the Giants receiver spaces. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, two very good cornerbacks. Uh, Javon Holland, too, one of their safeties, is unbelievable. Rookie out of Oregon. Definitely keep your eye on him this week. So, for the Giants, yeah, it's going to have to be somebody on this offense is going to have to really step up and and get open. You know what I mean? You're going to have to beat man coverage. If not, they could be in for a long day offensively that just, it kind of looks ugly. So, hopefully, Freddie Kitchens has a couple man beaters in his pocket that he can go to. But, definitely these receivers, if you ask me, there's a lot of pressure on them this week to get some separation and get open, which you don't necessarily love, but listen, that also means that you're going to get some one-on-one matchups. And if Kenny out is one-on-one, you got to give him a shot. If you're Mike Glennon, you, you know, you don't necessarily know what else you ha- give him, give Kenny Goddard that shot.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Just, yeah. Just like I said before, like, you know, if Mike Glennon's ever in trouble, you, know, you look for number 19, number 88 and uh, you know, throw them the football. But, yeah, I definitely like that um, offensively they need to get separation. Kenny Galladay and John Ross, I hope, can get in the game a little bit, get some separation from these corners. And, um, yeah, Javon Holland is a good player. Pal. I kind of had my eye on him throughout the season. He's been balling out. But um, I'm going to get into my score prediction. Pal. I'm going to go with the Giants win 17-7, to and it's because of a late score from Aziz Gelari on a fumble late in the
0: game. You love your Z, Joe Gilari predictions. I, I mean, I, I and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm loving it. 17-7, I think, is definitely a fair score there. If I just had maybe... Maybe I said the Dolphins got the board a little bit here, but yeah, I, I think if the Giants win this game, I don't think they score. Like, I really don't think the Giants are going to score more than 20 points in the game. They're going to need this defense to absolutely stand tall on this one and their offense just to get by. The biggest... like Their offense doesn't need to be incredible, man. It could be... it, it As crazy as this sounds, it doesn't even have to be that much better than last week's. It just, they just have to cap. If they could fix capitalizing off the turnovers, I mean, last week wouldn't have been a game if on two of the three turnovers that like they had drives after, they scored on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They capitalize on the turnovers here. You don't have to be a superstar offense putting up 28 points in a half, having three minute drives, you know what I mean? Airing the ball out. Just play complimentary football. And when you have a chance to put up points because of your defense, take advantage of it. When you get the ball in the red zone, take advantage of it. So I don't necessarily know how they're gonna be able to do that with Mike Lennon. I hope they are able to, but I, I was I said earlier, I don't think the Giants necessarily are gonna make a playoff push, right? But the standing say they're only one game back. With you look at the schedule at the next two weeks, they play uh, the Chargers and the Cowboys. A game. That this, this is a game they absolutely have to have if they want it. So I guess you can kind of maybe see if there's going to be a little bit of sense of urgency, but who knows? Last year, like I said, that game that they went down to Seattle, everybody else stepped up and Colt McCoy was able to just play in rhythm. Hopefully you get kind of one of those games. And I think the offense, oh, running through Saquon Barkley today, you know what I mean? I, I mean, it pains me to see how that offensive line is going to attempt to block for him this week, but – Get Saquon Barkley. You know, what I mean, just like bring him out wide again. If you're getting man coverage, you might get Saquon on a linebacker more often, like than you think you might, than you think you will. So, get him. Revolve this offense around him. This offense this week has to be built around him with Mike Glennon out there. Take some pressure off him. So that's kind of where I feel
1: on the game. But uh, yeah, anything you want to add? Yeah, I will. Great. Bri- yeah, Saquon. Bring up Saquon's a good point. I remember that game versus uh, in Seattle. Colt McCoy had the rushing attack. You know, by his side, he the, running the ball was a strength of ours against the Seahawks that week. Mm-hmm. So hopefully against yeah, the Dolphins, it can death. You know, the rushing attack can improve and get better. And um, one more thing that we actually forgot to mention, we were three for 12 in third down last week. And I hope that this offense can improve and just kind of do better on third down and just like you said, just get the job done. I wouldn't use the term get back, but I'm going to say get the job done. That's what I'm going to leave it as. But um, and uh, and finally, as always. All hell the New York
0: Giants. All hell the New York Giants. A big week. A Sunday in Miami. Definitely looking forward to this one. One o'clock start. So, Brian Flores, Patrick Graham, the kind of former assistant slash the assistant coach battle right there. Definitely excited to see how that pans out. And let's see who the best of the Belichick assistants are. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.